0: Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike,
1: and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Questionable to Return podcast. As always, I'm Andy with my buddies, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Hey Pete! Sorry, Mike. No, no Pete.
0: No Pete. The chair's empty. Is he in the bathroom? I don't know.
1: I'm, I miss my hey howdy hi.
0: Yeah. What are we supposed to do now? I guess I don't know. We'll just keep going. Uh, well, everybody, it's been fun. now. I, I
1: think we get to plow on, right? Yeah.
0: We'll just have to. Uh, I mean, it's not
1: the listener's fault. We'll just have to man down.
0: Take over uh, some of the stuff that Pete would normally do. So
1: one thing I. I'm an I'm a avid listener of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we, it kind of inspired me to actually join you guys and make this one. And I've evolved from different things I've listened to. And one of the things I've kind of jumped back on is the Joe Rogan show. Yeah, I like Joe Rogan. And he's had a lot of cr- pretty interesting guests, but I know Dr. Phil, crazy Dr. Phil.
0: Phil McGraw. Made,
1: made, made popular by Oprah, got his own show, still his own show. He actually has his own podcast called Fill in the Blanks. So he's actually made a round with a couple different podcasts I listen to. Um like Ben Shapiro's one, he was he made that uh he has a thing called Sunday Discussion he was on that one. But the the Joe Rogan discussion cuz I mean it's a long like Joe does a long he does podcast like 3 hour on a shows. on a daily basis which I think is incredible. I mean it, it takes a lot of work to get enough material for you guys for I mean, we end up going long, but we try to keep it under an hour. But twice a week, I can't imagine doing three hours a day. It's a really good interview, and I'm a—I think I'm a secret Dr. Phil fan.
0: I kind of like Dr. Phil too. I've always just kind of been uh, a little bit interested in psychology, and sometimes I can't help but uh, kind of be almost too introspective, where I'm think overthinking stuff and kind of wondering the psychology behind it but i was curious to see dr phil outside
1: of his show to see what he's actually like so i mean i mean they're not they're not on the show there's no weed smoking or anything like that like that's a common occurrence (laughs) not like elon musk (laughs) that one and um and not like uh the latest one i think has ron white on it Oh yeah, right. And, and they're and they're they're doing well. Like Ron White knows how to party. Like that Ron, guy
0: Ron White's in his sixties. That guy is still a maniac.
1: Well, yeah, he was telling stories about like on a nightly basis where him and the guys they're on a on a bus and like they're just telling jokes and things like that. I'm I'm sure he's divorced again now. Yeah, he's so, had like
0: three or four right. wives.
1: And he lived in Mexico for a while.
0: Yeah, he's making his own tequila. Yeah, it was
1: nuts. I love Ron White. <laughs> when he made this story about how it was, a, it was a it's a daily occurrence, how he wakes up really, really hammering for that first drink at, at six in the morning. Ooh. And then does a bunch of day drinking before he goes and does his uh, nightlife routine. And then does it all over again, like rinse, repeat. But he made this thing where he put a bottle right outside the bed and it broke and shattered. And he went to go get up and cut his foot, like stepped <sighs> oh. on it. But he's like, I knew exactly what happened. I heard it break. I knew exactly what it was. But now I was, I was caught between a rock and a hard place. because the other guys in the bus, they're all passed out. We're still, we riding. Like I could reach for my cell phone, but it's that's not within reach, so I couldn't even call anybody. So I was like, "What do I do?" I yell for like people around, but they're passed <laughs> out too. So I did what any other really concerned drunk would do. I uh, rolled over and went back to sleep. Fair enough. <laughs> He's like, I woke up and it was like blood everywhere. He had to get yeah. he had to get eighteen stitches in his foot. Oof, it's not good. But back to Doctor Phil. So yeah. it was actually a much more down to earth. I don't know. He, he's like a spirit animal. Like I, he's like a guy I'd like to be. He's such a B.A. No, no bull. No bull schlank.
0: Yeah, I do like uh, when he does just like it real, like direct with people on his show, and just like just hit them with the healthy
1: <laughs> amount of truth that they need to hear. But it's 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 it, what's weird is his his message is so common sense. Mm-hmm. but yet so deep yeah it's hard to explain i don't know but it was a good it was a good interview i think you'd like it i just like the way he delivers like that that southern southern voice and just the voice of reason it's kind of good and and he had a lot of good things to say especially i think the idea is not to live in the past The idea is like you can't do yeah. anything about that all you can do is now and like the future doesn't mean anything either mm-hmm future is what you're going to do now so why don't you just worry about the present and not worry so much whatever happened before right
0: exactly uh as someone i've talked to a therapist before i'm not afraid to admit that but yeah the one thing that they'll preach is uh, living too much in the past causes depression and too much in the future causes anxiety and right. the, yeah, it's the right now but you're saying with dr phil he'll say stuff that seems common sense but in a way that's a little deeper and sometimes will make you think more. I think that's really the sign of a good therapist. If they can do stuff that it almost seems obvious, but they kind of frame it in a way where it's like, all right, I get why. Uh.
1: Yeah. It was just, it was a fun interview. And, and I guess the things I didn't really know about him um, was he came from a really broken household. Like his dad was a really, really bad alcoholic. So he kind of, yeah. And he was on that. He was headed on that uh, similar path, but he kind of made a decision one day like that's not who he wanted to turn out to be. So he kind of like went back and really focused on going to school to help people. And then he goes and talks about how the the show. I think he was actually did some lawyer stuff for Oprah originally, and then, kind of went into this therapist stuff. And um, he talks about even like the show now where like he gets ten thousand emails a day some people talk about where they have to write like hundreds of times before they get a response and he actually sincerely like you could tell it affected him just the way he responded he's like he's like i still hate that that's how it has to be but he's like i don't know how else to handle it differently i i feel bad because he's like i just want to help people
0: he seems like a pretty uh genuine guy and uh just uh, one little thing about Rogan saying what is interesting about his podcast is that he has everyone from Ron White to Dr. Right. Phil on. He, gets, he has such a variety of guests. I think that's what makes Rogan one I go back to from time to time.
1: And even some of the fighters, like I I think the End Still podcast talked about a little bit, and that's kind of where I, I gave it a second chance. Just And some of the fighters you can take or leave, but the other ones, um, it's just interesting to hear kind of what they're like not when you do – octagon like that's a completely different right not to jump on a a different subject altogether also but i watched the 30 for 30 on Deion sanders oh i didn't even see that there was one yeah it just came out not that long ago that was really good you should watch that that's right from our heyday yeah yeah exactly that's when we are we are all following prime time so they didn't do his whole life it was basically focused on um it talked about the the road leading up to and basically we're He played two sports in one day.
0: That's crazy.
1: So he was like, the Braves were in the, like the, I think the, either, it was either the, no, I think it was the championship series. And then the Falcons were playing Miami or something like that.
0: (laughs) And he pulled off the super rare. Do you think, will we ever see that again?
1: No. And they kind of get into a little bit of like why you'll never see it again.
0: But it's too bad when you hear about like Kyler Murray having that kind of potential it's like yeah i just i think it was just a different era because
1: it was like we we would have been around i think eight eight or nine when that happened so i i I, I vaguely remember it but i remember half the the drama that was around it and you you Mm. see some of the stuff and you and you see a different side of, of Deion sanders where he's Deion sanders for the braves and prime time and how that became about for football and he's like football needed that and he's like baseball there's no room for prime time in baseball. It's, yeah. not what it, it's not what it needed. It's not what it accounted for. And what was interesting is on the flip side of it, you're missing out or you're jumping or leaving a team that's in the World Series to go play for a team on a, on a, a random like week four yeah, of the that's, NFL. That's true. It's like, would you imagine, would you expect somebody to leave a Super Bowl to go play? A game in the NBA, like game, whatever. Yeah, no, forty-two of the NBA like yeah, season. Yeah, you'd never see it. So I can see mm-hmm. that argument too. It's like, hey, we, we need you to commit, and like we're about to win a World Series. We kind of need you. Do you really need to go play the game in Miami right now?
0: Yeah. Nowadays, with how much money guys get and the way owners feel, I could see them not wanting that to happen. It almost would have to take the perfect storm of an owner who owns right. both teams.
1: So yeah, I definitely recommend. Watching that, too. Was, I got a good kick out of it. So let's move on to the cycle. Let's do it. So it's kind of like anything when you're in school and the and the teacher's away, you're having a substitute. So Pete left us some homework to do. Mm. So let's start with the single. WrestleMania is April sixth. Anything to say about that? What?
0: Didn't <laughs> you talk about WrestleMania? I thought last we did thing?
1: too. Yeah. No more. He, left, he, he leaves us one thing to talk about, and I have nothing to say about it. I think we covered it plenty already. <laughs> to all of our WWE fans, it's your Super Bowl. Enjoy it. I'm sure we'll have plenty to say, or he'll have plenty to talk about once Oof. we get back. We'll probably get scolded about this in a little bit when he walks in and say, What would you why'd you talk about WrestleMania? So moving on to the double. So we talked about, I think, a lot of this and it alludes to like the UW. Badgers and how they've been a little bit disappointing. I think some of the football stuff they've quite achieved as much as they wanted to, and especially the basketball team not even making the tournament last year. Mm -hmm. So the double is, since 1995, UW has the most combined bowl and NCAA tourney appearances of any school in the country.
0: It's pretty impressive. So the Badgers are nice and well-rounded when it comes to the Big Two in sports. And one other Big Ten team made it. Maybe not who you would uh who you'd guess, because if I probably would have thought it would be Michigan if I had to put money on it. Michigan, or
1: Ohio State, or, or Ohio State, yeah, but Ohio State was the football powerhouse, and they had those basketball years for a while. But
0: Wisconsin has forty three total appearances. Michigan State
1: is the other Big Ten team, thirty
0: nine. So it's not the Big Ten teams you would expect, really. But it kind of goes to that because uh, also on this list are Texas. At forty in Florida at thirty nine, uh, the one thing that's disappointing about being on this list, uh, Texas, Florida, and Michigan State all have national championships. Yeah, uh, since nineteen ninety five in one of those two sports. Yeah, so, so p-
1: yeah, I mean, like, I it's really disappointing. And, and if you could rewind it, the Bo Ryan years, like where we got to the Final Four and then the championship game and just didn't quite didn't quite finish it out
0: yeah that one's gonna haunt me forever Grayson
1: Allen yeah and then he and then he leaves and you have this kind of uncertainty I think that's kind of still looming over the program
0: I know I feel that way with basketball that it's is Greg Gard ever gonna put this team over the top I know some people wanted Tony Bennett if they could have gotten him as coach but
1: I don't know if I would like that much more either
0: after Virginia was, yeah. uh, we'll we'll get to March Madness talk. <laughs> after, right. So they would be by 16
1: seed. Well, even the football team too. It's like the, after, I mean, we get spoiled with like the Russell Wilson era and we're like, oh, we're so close. It's always, we talk about like a quarterback away and that's why I think with like Grant Mertz, the idea that he might bring us back to some promise, but a lot of pressure on him. I just, I mean, do you think the Badgers ever, I mean, the Badger football team really, is ever going to get a chance to really compete for a for a national championship?
0: The way the current landscape is, even if they snuck in, I don't think they could win two games in the playoff. Could they really beat like Clemson, Alabama, like those kind of teams? I, I really don't see it happening because um, they've been close a couple times to to maybe winning the Big Ten or representing the Big Ten. They did go. To three Rose Bowls not that long ago and lost them, but I I do not see football winning
1: a national championship, which is sad. And even like Paul Chris it's like he, I like him, but I'm I'm just not. I mean, I like him, and I think he'll do he'll probably do a do all his tenure rather well. But I'm just do you see him as bringing us a national championship? Is he on the same mm-hmm. level as like a Saban? No. So I mean, the Badgers so
0: the Badgers just went ten years in between five star recruits for football. And both times it was O-linemen. So how are you going to compete with right. Al- even? It's tough to compete with Ohio State.
1: Yeah. Always a bridesmaid, never, yeah. never a bride.
0: Yeah. So the Badgers are just going to be consistently entertaining and probably never win <laughs> titles.
1: But it, as opposed to other schools and teams, at least we get something to root for on a consistent basis. It's so true. So I guess we, we can't be too picky.
0: Yeah, there's certainly teams that are much worse off. I'm going to give this cycle thing a try. <laughs> Let's go to the home run. Fontez Perfect has a new team. The Raiders, of course. <laughs> there,
1: there's not a better Raiders player that could be selected than Montez Perfect. Seriously.
0: So, what's he interesting. He embodies everything that is Raider Nation. <laughs> yeah. What's interesting about this is, well, one is that all those years of uh Bengals Steelers and him taking shots at Antonio Brown and now they're <laughs> teammates. <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. But
1: I never thought about that. Yeah. That's true.
0: Yeah, he even like uh, I believe one of Brown's like
1: bigger injuries came from a perfect <laughs> right. hit. I think a lot of players got <laughs> pretty significant yeah, injuries coming at, at, brutal at the end of Montez perfect.
0: But also what is John Gruden doing? I don't know. Like, So they get rid of Khalil Mack, they get rid of uh, Amari Cooper, they're bringing in Perfect and Antonio Brown, I don't really get what the plan is. <laughs> I don't either. They're getting older and maybe talent-wise it's a s- slight step up, but does he not care at all about locker room or what these guys' personalities are like? Is he just figure he can make it work?
1: No one is. What's interesting is is the locker room had had complaints about Carr, and I don't think these personalities are going to help that situation unless that's what he's trying to get at. Like unless he thinks that this is how we're going to eventually push him out. Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna surround him with good talent, like Antonio Brown, and then the defense or whatever else. I mean, the Burfick deal is like a one year, five million dollar yeah, that's true. It's not that big a deal, but yeah, yeah, I don't know.
0: He might not stick around long term. Brown, they're committed to for at least. A couple of years, but right. I don't know. The Raiders, though, I will say this makes the Raiders fun. Like they, <laughs> they like you said, they this feels like a Raiders signing. He feels yeah. like a Raiders player. This the Raiders feel like they should be. They should be kind of a chaotic, but maybe with potential.
1: Bro, but basically every every penalty, every suspension, <laughs> every moment, every drill has led him up to this moment to to finally <laughs> get to the echelon where he's finally Raider material. Yeah, unless. John
0: Gruden just wants big name players for when they move to Vegas. At least they can uh, have like a lot of uh, marketable guys, even if the locker room's a disaster. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, seven years of controversy, crazy games, suspensions. Yeah, they signed him to a one-year
0: contract. You might not get uh, 16 games out of him. Just be, just be prepared, Raiders.
1: Hey, can we do a bet? Like, what? What do we think? What do you think the odds are? that those two go to blows. Hmm. What are the odds? And I won't even say it's Antonio Brown and him, but he's going to get in a fight with somebody on his own team.
0: I could definitely see that happening. Cause he has quite a bit of size in, on Antonio Brown, but Antonio Brown might just be crazy enough to fight him regardless <laughs> of that. So, I don't know. Uh, let's keep an eye on training camp. Can they, oh, can they oh, please, hard knocks, hard knocks. Can they please do the Raiders?
1: Please oh they have to oh nfl hbo (laughs) please if there's anybody listening that that has any type of pull and there is nobody but if there (laughs) is anybody by chance well the all i want for christmas is a raiders hard knocks because we all know how much i love hard knocks you as well
0: yeah and so a team can get out of it if they've been in the playoffs
1: one of the last two years right all right so here are the rules when it comes to hard knocks they are exempt if they have a first-year head coach in place. That was what kind of excluded the Packers. We thought maybe we'd have a chance. Mm-hmm. They had a playoff berth in one of the last two seasons.
0: Nope, nope.
1: Check. and they have a, and they haven't appeared or have appeared on Hard Knocks in the past ten years. They've been exempt, which I didn't think that was a rule because the Cowboys run twice, unless they just wanted to do it. Unless they,
0: knowing yeah. Jerry Jones, he would have asked, you know. Because uh, the Cowboys were also featured on that um, All or Nothing show. Amazon does basically their version of Hard Knocks, but it's the regular season. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys were the last team to do it. So Jerry Jones might just like this kind of stuff. Where some owners don't. Well, Raiders. Let's make a push for the Raiders.
1: Well, yeah, because part of it wasn't. I mean, I think the second time the Cowboys did it, because the Felix Jones year was the one. The earlier year. But then they had Jerry World opening. Oh, so that, that was a big reason why he wanted to yeah that makes sense so that brings down and i think we unveiled that last time the five teams that are eligible are the lions raiders giants 49ers and redskins two gruden members and mm. then everybody else
0: it, i mean it's got the raiders are by far the most interesting we'll we'll start pushing for that on social media try to get some traction of just harass hbo and the nfl
1: yeah, it seems like the the odds-on favorite are, are Oakland, just because of that one of the turmoil of, like, where, am I, where are we going to play the new opening in Vegas a year from now? Yeah. And now the whole off-season craziness yeah, that, with bringing in Brown, that whole idea, like, there's got to be a crew already there. It, it makes too much sense.
0: Ready for the triple?
1: Oh, I am. Like Deion Sanders in his prime. Yeah. Legging out that. He said there's nothing sweeter in sports. Than legging out and sliding into th- third place safely, so you could here we are. Ar-
0: you could argue the triple's the most exciting play in baseball.
1: I think it is, aside from an in the park home run. Oh, that's true. That's which he had one point. of those too. They, they opened up the the. I'm not going to spoil too much, but I will give you this little teaser. They opened up the thing talking about him and Bo Jackson. Oh, and I thanks. think his first game was against the Royals, but don't hold me to that. But it was like one of the one of the first few games, like. Bo Jackson goes nuts and he hits like two home runs or something like that. Goes four for four, two home runs, and he's like this cat. Like gets up to bat, first at bat or second at bat. Deion hits a rope in the center. Nah, it must have been the first at bat. It must have been towards the end of the game because this is going to make more sense then. But he hits a rope in the center where Bo Jackson has to dive for it. Just goes outside the glove and he's like, oh, he's like, I know I have to stretch out because I have to get in front of this ball because if he does, this cat's going to get hit and spark home run and dislocates his shoulder.
0: Oh, poor Bo.
1: And it goes to the wall, and sure enough, Deion Sanders in the park home run.
0: Yeah, that is probably the one play more exciting. Well, we're doing the triple, and it's baseball-related. Mike Trout, 12-year, $430 million extension.
1: Get ready to beep this out, Mike. Holy
0: Just when we thought crazy contracts were gone in baseball, Bryce Harper oh, is outdone by Trout. Yes. And Harper's deal was crazy and long- and trout's now signed till age 39, yeah, just like Harper. That is a ton of money.
1: So I think one of the key deals of this that I think Harper did not have was like there's no trade clause, which is whatever, but there is a player option or opt out for trout, so he yeah. can he can request trade or opt out, I think halfway through
0: which that's probably a good thing because. The thing is about Mike Trout, he's the best player in baseball. He might be the best player of all time. He, by when it's all said and done, he's having those kind of years. But most people don't wouldn't recognize him probably if they saw a picture. And the Angels are never good, so that's the problem. Is or it's what he likes? Maybe he I don't have
1: to play past September. But
0: for the fan, for Major League Baseball, they right. need Trout in the playoffs. He wants none of
1: it, though. He's like the guy who's like, I just want to come in and do my thing. I want to be the best baseball. Like he lives and lives, breathes in whatever baseball. So he doesn't have to do anything except for play baseball. And he's in the, he's in, he's in the least known L.A. team.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Dodgers are consistently in the playoffs, but he's going to stick to uh, playing for the Angels, committing potentially to have his whole career there.
1: I think one of the interesting things were, like I was listening, the, the spot track podcast had the, the, tax, the tax man on to talk about it. And, uh, and a little bit of the debate was they based some of the numbers off of assuming he lives full-time in California because they don't mm-hmm. know. Unlike uh, Machado, who lives in Florida, and Bryce Harper, that lives in Nevada, they don't know where he technically lives. They know he owns some land in Philadelphia, which is kind of why the rumor was right. that he might go play for the Phillies, and that would kind of hurt him a little bit. So they based it off of half Phillies, Philadelphia, and partly California. How much do you think this is gonna net him, like the take home pay of this four hundred and thirty million dollar guaranteed contract?
0: Uh like I had always heard around a half. I would guess he's getting like two hundred fifteen.
1: Two hundred fourteen, and that's before the final payroll tax. Oh.
0: Yeah, the I guess that was like one of the rule of thumbs I'd heard is just assume half from tax and and uh agent fees, but that's where, uh, like we said, it can be a big plus if you live in a s- no uh, state income tax. When you're talking four hundred million dollar extension.
1: Yeah, and the point that I heard about this, and then at the point that they did their podcast, like the idea, like, and it's one thing I learned from them was the signing bonus is a big deal. So I don't know what number the signing bonus was, and how much they've deferred that over the the period of the. Because in baseball, that was one interesting compared to other sports. You can actually defer that across the years of the contract so they can move like a hundred million of it to a signing bonus and then defer it evenly over the course of the twelve year contract. But
0: what's interesting too is uh, you know, we're saying he he's he comes across as more of a private guy, even to the point that they can't pinpoint where he even yeah, lives. Nobody
1: knows. That is like they were able to find his holdings of land in, in Philadelphia, but they don't know actually where he, he declares residency.
0: Well, I guess the good news is uh just for the Angels. Is they do have Otani coming back? He's gonna ha- he had Tommy John. He's gonna at least for sure not pitch at all this year. I don't know if there's any chance he could be back, uh, to play DH or anything. But they do have him, who's a young star, and I know their farm system is much improved. It used to be one of the worst in baseball a few years ago. Now I don't remember exactly what site I was looking at. I don't know if it's Baseball America had him like seventh. So I kind of hope the Angels get. A little better. I want to see Trout in the playoffs. I want to see Trout versus the Yankees or something like that. Baseball needs that too.
1: Yeah, because well, another big the next the next round of big big round of contracts is what Mookie Betts and Judge probably is the next one kind of coming up.
0: They were saying uh, Mookie Betts, given the all around talent that he is, uh, it was the Harper contract was probably going to set the bar. Yeah, and now. <laughs> The, Ange- the angels, though, don't, they don't waste any time. They hear one uh, rumor about Harper recruiting Trout, and they're like, "Nope." I think it's
1: a good move. I mean, I don't, what grade do you give the Angels on this move?
0: Uh, I, considering how good he is, how he really does look like he's the best player in baseball, and maybe like the best once in a generation player, I'd give him an A minus only because he signed till he's thirty nine.
1: I personally, I give an A, especially I was reading, and we'll get to this in, a, in a, just a quick sec, but the idea of like a sabermetric on the war yeah. number that he gave on him. But the idea also, I think it was a smart move as well by the Angels to kind of play the card now. Mm-hmm. Like they offer the two of them, Either gonna, you're either going to take it or you're going to turn it down. Right. They know they're about to go into two years of, of craziness. Like, are you going to stay? or you going to leave? And then the recruitment process, now they kind of put that to bed completely. And if he takes it, Great now you know he's like pretty much an angel for life, or if he doesn't, then you know you can deal him, yeah, and you there, have two years to figure it out
0: and there is the idea that uh an organization will view the contract as a whole and even its time there as a whole as are they getting value on trout already, and will they still be getting value on the early part of this contract, even if he you know starts to his number starts to decline in his thirties. Well, if throughout all of his twenties and his early thirties, he's been worth every penny of the deal, or more, it could be worth it, for some de- like decline, some regression built in in those later years. That, on average, he was worth whatever he's getting, thirty some million a
1: year. Right. So this is the kind of the metric setting I was talking about. Was so with this new contract, he's projected to get about thirty six million per year based on that contract. And it's a lot of money. But if you look at the value based on wins above replacement, the the war number, and the player with Trout's 28 production, he should have been worth $79 million a year.
0: That's really crazy. I didn't realize it would be that high.
1: So Fangraphs is a place that kind of does these numbers and actually has a pretty good graph about it. But they estimated that he was worth $55 million when he only played 70% of a full season in 2017. 78 million in 2016, 74 million in, um in 2015. So if the travel, if it continues at this pace, they're basically paying him half what he's worth.
0: So yeah, so they're getting crazy value for now. So even if the regression comes, they it, throughout the life of the contract, it was a win for
1: them. The question I want to know is like does so he's on twi- what is he 27? Mm-hmm. He's on 27, so I think he's peaking at this point now. There's a lot of players that we thought were going to be all-world players and then they hit 30 and they didn't disappear. My my childhood idol for one, like Ken Griffey Jr. That's a sad one. Hit thirty and never and never was the same ever yeah. again.
0: Yeah, you never know. You never know who's gonna uh, hold up into their thirties and who isn't. Even you know, Griffey's an all time talent and still just couldn't quite couldn't quite uh, beat the injury bug.
1: Yeah. So speaking of bodies holding up, <laughs> we have a nice little walk here. Could transition. Now, I think I reposted this. On social media for hours, but it's been passed around forever. I mean, there's a lot of players like giving him kudos and things like that. But Joe Thomas, former Wisconsin Badger star lineman, Cleveland Brown. We can't. Can we go an episode without mentioning a Cleveland team? Oh, it seems crazy.
0: We have to get our Cleveland Is it, quota.
1: I, people are going to be like, "Is this a Wisconsin sports podcast, or are we a <laughs> Cleveland?" Anyway, but anyway, so he all pro, all world, like probably Hall of Fame offensive lineman. Yeah, I would con- think so. Ironman consistency, side by side transformation. He looks like he.
0: He looks like a like a personal trainer now or something. He is like not just jacked, he's like trim. He looks like a different guy. Yeah. he's in incredible shape.
1: Looks like he can be an MMA fighter.
0: Yeah. Which just goes to show you that uh to be an alignment, not just be strong, you have to have mass. <laughs> like yeah, you have but to you're, be harder to push around.
1: Yeah, he's and, not taking like that ten thousand calorie a day intake diet just to keep up the mass, let alone the strength. So good for him. Yeah, it reminds it, me of even like when we had Jeff Saturday when he retired from the Packers and made that complete body transformation.
0: Yeah, the, you see some of these linemen.
1: Uh, yeah, they go one they, or two ways. They either go kind of <laughs> that way, or they go like the Tony Siragusa way. <laughs>
0: yeah, they get way heavier. They keep <laughs> they keep eating ten thousand calories a day, but yeah, and they
1: stopped doing the regimen.
0: Good, uh, good on him.
1: So the quote on the on the Joe Thomas thing, he said the facts of what happened. He's like, I think the first twenty five fell off of, within a month after retiring. Then I had to keep my butt uh, in gear to keep going. And he did some swimming, some cardio uh, during the keto diet and intermittent fasting. And now he hit. Now he hits a a fifteen hundred to two thousand calorie a day diet and feels full, as a, compared to like like I said, the ten thousand calorie regimen that he had as a lineman.
0: Fifteen hundred calories. Yeah, okay. I can't even do that. I'm five foot five and I can't do that. <laughs> that is like that's a strain on me. I don't know how he does that
1: feel full i mean i'm just getting going
0: but good on good Good on on you joe thomas also good to see him uh he's now showing up on a lot of stuff uh media wise he's showing up on shows uh podcasts radio so hopefully he becomes a staple
1: yeah hopefully you get get to see him a little bit and come on it'll be a good personality so i think that's the it for the cycle we did it hopefully hopefully we did good by pete yeah
0: he'll i think he'll approve
1: can't let this episode go without without dealing with the elephant in the room it's that time time of year that that exciting time of march Uh, march madness
0: the best four days of the year
1: and you know what's even nuts about this like my son's school in an effort to try to reduce screen time out of any other week of the year Uh, any other week of the year they decide you know what, we're going to do a challenge where the kids are going to get rewards. They're going to little little bucket tokens and whatever else for prizes. And they get like a platinum, gold, silver. So if you didn't do any screen time, you get that and you get a couple of tokens and you get gold if you did 30 minutes or less or if an hour or less, you could get like silver and and whatever else. And you tell them the activity you did besides it. And then you get bonus points if you can get your parents to do it. That
0: I think is a great idea. I love the idea. That is also the worst timing ever.
1: How about last week?
0: Yeah, do it. Do it sometime in between the Super Bowl and March Madness. <laughs> like, that's seriously. The, that's the perfect time to do that. Do not do it the especially the opening week. That's right. when you want to watch all the games.
1: So anyway, so the, the sad part about it is so they start on Monday and it goes through the weekend. So the oh. week's not too bad, but the weekend. But we have a lot going on this weekend. But uh so that's pretty sad. I think I might catch some some games on okay. the audio so I'll is, listen to a few
0: yeah and w- well when you're at work i mean yeah i mean if, if, if so you a get exempt
1: has- so those few things you get exempt because like some of the kids obviously need to do it for school research or whatever so the kids that use it a couple of times to do some things but not very many um and then uh parents get get obviously excluded because if you have like i have a job where i work on the computer i do like web development and things like that so i i I have to be on it. I can't just go, like, hey, they're doing, I mean, as much as I'd like to, but like, hey, the kids have this screen challenge. Cause I would, I would, I know myself, I, I'd, I'd use that excuse all year long. Hey, I don't, yeah, I can't do this this week. Anyway, so this is a bad time to do it, but we have to discuss it. So we, we kind of last time previewed a little bit of what we thought about the Wisconsin uh, and Marquette chances. Anything new change your mind on that? Or are you still holding pat with your previous?
0: Uh, in my bracket, I picked Oregon to beat Wisconsin, but I did pick Marquette.
1: I did. I, I, have, I have the exact same thing, Mike.
0: So we both have, we're having a little bit of faith in Marquette. See,
1: see, I feel like we're on the same wavelength, so we might need to go back and forth on a couple of these picks so it doesn't sound like I'm copying you.
0: Well, I got my, I have my final four locked in.
1: Locked in. I do too. And I, and I've changed it a few times. I'll, I'll preview mine. I had way too many number one seeds getting all the way there.
0: Well, here's the problem with this year is I feel like the one seeds are pretty clearly the four best teams. I do too. And then I think the two seeds are all pretty clearly like that makes a big eight. And I have no idea who the ninth best team in the country is. Like right. I don't like any of the three seeds or four seeds.
1: And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very honest to our listeners and, and you guys here. I think we talked about it quite a bit, but to be perfectly honest, because of the the crazy awesome Bucks season, mm-hmm. I've been so entranced by watching them and, and and tuning in and watching all those games. And some of the in Wisconsin was secretly good, better yeah. than I think we gave him credit for. Yeah, definitely. I just could not get into it. I, I would always watch, I'd like, read up on the box score and read some articles about them. Marquette was really interesting for a while, but it was like when you had a choice between watching Giannis posterize some guy. Calling him a big baby, and saying I'm the F and MVP, or just random game from Marquette or whatever else. I, I'm sorry. I I love Marquette. I hope that they win. I love Wisconsin. I hope that they do well. It just hard, It was a hard one to turn off a Bucks game.
0: I feel the same way. Even after having gone to school at Wisconsin, I watched way more Bucks this year. And in years past, when we had. Bogut and Brandon Jennings I watched a lot <laughs> of course, more, yeah. I watched a lot more college basketball than NBA but it doesn't
1: seem like more I mean love Ethan Happ he's gonna go down as probably the best Wisconsin player of all time well, probably one of the best Big Ten well, players of all time
0: Frank the Tank would have something to say about that
1: yeah I'd still take Happ I think overall as a career but you but this team just doesn't it just I don't know I like them and they show flashes but at the same time there's something about them I, I just they don't they don't grab onto me like the, the teams yeah. like Bo to, like those championship teams like I used to know, like all those guys. And and it's it, happened to everybody else.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it feels like, uh, was this Badger team like kind of hang its hat on? What's their identity? And normally for every Badgers team, it's defense and limited turnovers. Even though they graded out so well on defense, I never really felt like I watched like a ton of amazing right. defensive performances. So the, that's some of it too is
1: well even going back to what you said in the last podcast was like the i went back and watched a little bit of the the big 10 tournament that they lost and kind of and you almost feel for ethan a little bit like the idea he's so good and he's such a great post player mm -hmm. i mean say what you will about his free throw debacle but oh i I, I would just wish i would i just wish, wish you could figure that out yeah get the mental block out of his head but the idea like you're right and even I like think Pete mentioned it too, the idea of the comparison with the Bucks team. It's like, yes, that's a it's a very poor man, extremely poor man's version of <laughs> yeah. like what Giannis is, but he's such a does all that stuff in the paint. He draws double teams on a regular basis. How does this team not have one shooter? <laughs> just one. Like yeah. one consistent shooter at, out of everybody.
0: Yeah, because you watch and I get that Khalil Iverson isn't much of a shooter and he's out there more for defense and athleticism. I and mean, he's actually had a couple of good games recently, but Trice uh davison i mean pritzel that's supposed to be his specialty it seems like those guys should get open threes and knock them down and they never quite do it makes them tough to watch when you just feel like they're not playing to their full potential and i hope that's not a reflection that guard is yeah. nothing but an average coach
1: so i hope they prove me wrong i really do it's just i i i just it it really sucks for them that they pulled oregon as a first round matchup, like that's yeah. ridiculous. One of the hottest teams in the country, a team that plays—if they play good defense, Oregon plays all that, all that defense, and maybe a little bit better.
0: When you look at the other twelve seeds, I take. A, how come we can't play Liberty?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> I think they'd even match up better with Murray State. To be honest, yeah,
0: but Murray State has one player that everyone's afraid of.
1: Yeah, yeah, true. It's probably an uh, equal version like Davidson that year. That <laughs> that a uh, guy by the name of Steph Curry
0: yeah Murray State uh Jay Morant I've seen him going as high as uh two overall in the NBA draft because he's legit he's uh over 24 points and 10 assists a game 10 assists in the college game that's an impressive number to hit
1: yeah would you feel it's kind of like a decent comparison with like that Davidson and Steph Curry where like they basically wrapped a whole season in the team into showcasing him for like NBA it, purposes
0: it could be but uh, I've, I've watched the and played it to say one way or another. Though. But I learned to fear that Davidson team beat uh the Badgers in like yeah. the Sweet Sixteen. So I've learned to fear
1: them. So what do you well, want to do? Do you want to go the Elite Eight? Do you want to just go straight for the Final Four? What do you? What do you? How are you feeling?
0: Uh, let's let's go Final Four, but we'll kind of talk our way through the regions. If anybody else, if any team interests you, if any big ups upsets yeah. you have. Anything like that along well, the way.
1: I'll, I'll let Pete go first. All right, Pete. Who do you have? Duke. Of course, UNC. Mary State. And Oregon. All right. oh, man, a few words. Right. Um. So one of my... So I have Michigan coming out of the West, upsetting Gonzaga.
0: All right. Well, here's one thing you got to know about the way I fill out brackets. Every single year, there's a lot of teams I hate, and I just can't bring <laughs> myself true. to pick them. Every year, I pick either Villanova or Gonzaga to make the championship game. <laughs> I've done it like four or five years in a row, but it's actually happened a couple times.
1: Yeah, the Villanova so, one from what last year? Yeah, they. That's they, they one.
0: Yeah, so I have Gonzaga coming out of there because I couldn't bring myself to pick Michigan. And like we said, then once you get to three and four seeds, I can't talk myself into any of them. So,
1: so speaking of Villanova, I don't really like the, I don't like them at all. So, guess who I have losing in the first round?
0: That's one of your upsets. Yes. Uh, in the West, though, one of my favorite teams that I can't believe they fell to a seven seed is Nevada, and I wish they weren't matched up with Michigan in a potential second round game because they're a team I kind of like as a sleeper, and I, they were really good last year. And I'm surprised they're a seven, but otherwise, yeah, there's not much to say about that other than Gonzaga, Michigan are the obvious. Uh, Nevada, I guess, has potential. Buffalo's a trendy kind of sleeper team, but I'd be surprised if any if either of them actually made the Final Four.
1: Yeah, I like Nevada too. I have them um, same kind of the same feeling as you. Like I have them winning over Florida. Um, then I'm like hitting Michigan and I have them losing to Michigan.
0: And they have, uh, I believe, the Martin brothers.
1: Yep, Martin twins, Caleb and Cody. Yeah, those guys were fantastic last year. So
0: they're I don't know. Maybe they just can't recapture the magic though of, of last season.
1: I don't know. They're still twenty nine and four. So I mean, it's like yeah, they had that, a, that seems like a, a pretty, crappy one, but a
0: pretty good record to be on the uh, on the seven line I for seeding.
1: Um, uh, what, speaking of upsets, are teams I don't like. I hate Ohio State. I hate Ohio State, hate Ohio State in basketball. I hate Ohio State, <laughs> State in football. So I have them losing to Iowa State.
0: Uh yeah, so moving on to the Midwest, I also have Ohio State losing.
1: Uh, that was not an upset. I, I just yes. I just want to point out that I we have there's a lot of Big Ten teams in this in this bracket, so we've got to clear a couple of them out as quick as we can.
0: Yeah, I don't have this isn't the region. I have any big upsets. Uh, I do have Iowa State beating Houston, but that's a six over a three. That's not too big of an upset. Uh, I, I do not
1: have that. I have Houston going on.
0: So I have I kind of have just chalk. I have Auburn. Kansas is one of those teams when you talk about trying to figure out who the ninth best team is. I would have said Kansas if they could have stayed healthy, but they have had so many injuries, and it's kind of just derailed them. They finally lost that streak of winning the uh, Big 12 every single year. So, so I have them losing to Auburn, and then just chalk of North Carolina and Kentucky.
1: Yeah, so I have, I have Auburn, Kansas. Um, I have Kansas winning that, but then losing to North Carolina. I think one of the other uh, upsets I have, I have Seton Hall beating like Wolford. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. I try to pick a few here and there. Again, it's probably a coin flip more than anything insightful.
0: So did you say you have North Carolina in the Final Four? I do. Yep. So North Carolina. I like how I said
1: that with such confidence.
0: <laughs> North Carolina is one of those teams I also don't like. <laughs> so North
1: Carolina is one of those teams I grew up loving. Because of Michael- North Carolina
0: because of michael jordan
1: because of michael jordan um it's actually yeah, i think it's bigger than that um i always wanted to play there but it was it was a team in the 90s so like i always grew up like i wanted to be montrose like eric montrose that whole idea like stackhouse antoine jameson
0: yeah they've had a lot of vince carter eventually yeah. they've had a lot of I have
1: a vince carter jersey still
0: uh great players but uh i just don't like uh in the i know i most people hate Duke and the Duke-North Carolina rivalry. Well, I hate both of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't pick a side. So I picked Kentucky <laughs> to come out of there because I couldn't bring myself.
1: Like Calipari better than, out of all the yeah. blue buds, you pick Calipari?
0: I I pick Calipari. He used to coach UMass, one yeah, of my I favorite guess. teams of all time, with Marcus Gamby. Yes, Even though Kentucky hurts for me to pick this year because they have Tyler Hero, who was originally a Badger recruit and flipped last second to go to Kentucky. But Kentucky's interesting this year. They do have uh a senior and a sophomore who are two of their better players. They're not just the freshman crazy lineup that they that they usually have. They actually uh they have like three freshmen who start and then a couple of their bigger uh recruits are actually coming off the bench. So
1: I think one of my big problems was um I like Dean Smith. I like the Dean Smith like Tar Heels. Mhm. It's like when Roy Williams went there, it's like, ugh. Out of all the coaches, even Calipari, I've gained a lot more respect over some of these like ESPN 30 for 30s with him. yeah, I, I feel better about them. I just, Roy Williams just throws me the wrong way. Right? Yeah, I don't, I don't like, like him. him either. So I don't like North Carolina now as much as I did, but they're still like, I see him on the bracket, and I'm like, the childhood in me still is like, I eh, like them. Which
0: I get that. Some of the reason I'm turned off by them is I find uh, Duke fans are insufferable, but well, sometimes yeah. North Carolina fans can seem kind of hypocritical. Some of the same stuff they make fun of Duke fans for, they do themselves. It's like, the same.
1: It, and if the roles were, I mean, it's, it's like, which season are you? Like if yeah. for one season it's like, oh, like, so they're struggling a little bit. So like, oh, they point out how how crappy those fans are. But roles reversed. If you were them, you'd be, you'd be behaving the same freaking way. So yeah. yeah, whatever.
0: Yeah. Let's move on. I agree. South region, Virginia's oh. the one seed. Do you have – I just
1: Virginia. don't like Virginia as a one seed. I mean, they're worth it, whatever, but I I just don't trust them.
0: <laughs> is it because of last year's uh, losing <laughs> to a 16 seed? <laughs>
1: right. It's, There's some of that, and they're back again.
0: They do have pretty much a, a lot of that same group of guys back, but one thing that makes a huge difference is DeAndre Hunter – is a lottery pick kind of player. He was hurt last year. And Virginia they kinda of remind me of Wisconsin in a way, but a better version of Wisconsin. But that same kind of defense slow the game down a bit. And the biggest difference from that team last year and this year is you're adding an NBA lottery pick. So it's like, imagine, yeah, the Badgers in a good year, but then they have one stud player. And I think him being back makes All the difference in the world because I do have them winning this region.
1: Yeah, they're led by that three guards of like Kyle, was a Kyle guy, DeAndre Hunter, and Ty Jerome are like some of the best shooters in the country. Yeah.
0: And Hunter's that that one that it's redemption time for him because he he came back. He didn't go to the NBA after getting hurt. He came back for his sophomore year.
1: Might be good just to kind of showcase his talents a little bit. So I, I don't think they get upset by Gardner Webb, and I actually do think they have at least I have it picked. One of the easiest routes to the Final Four.
0: I I have the same thing because uh, I actually have Oregon going to the Sweet Sixteen. I have them not only beating Wisconsin, I'm picking them to also beat Kansas State.
1: Yeah, I have Kansas State winning that one, but I I wouldn't be shocked if they did get that far. and Then I don't see that any either one of those teams making it past Virginia.
0: Do do you have uh do you have Tennessee matching up with Virginia? In I the do.
1: Elite Eight.
0: Yeah, it's just it's so hard to talk yourself into. The three or four seeds. Is there another?
1: Is there another team in this bracket that excites you? I mean, Virginia. That's what I'm saying. Like this one seemed a pretty easy shot. No, for Virginia to get out of it this like, year. Like I had
0: kind of liked Tennessee. I was keeping an eye on them. Uh, I have them
1: making it to like the elite eight.
0: They had been so good early in the year, but uh, what doesn't inspire a lot of confidence is they lost in the SEC tournament by like 20 points to Auburn yeah. and it's like uh, right when I was kind of thinking about them uh, no well,
1: it's like the confidence even in Marquette before they had that
0: yeah that's true they, the, one they of those hit that teams. slide
1: where they couldn't win a basketball Peek. game for five games
0: yeah maybe uh, peaked a little too early so we got one region left the east
1: so, uh, interesting bracket I mm. I'm you when you have Zion Williamson going full Zion mode. If that's the group that's gonna if he's there, he's healthy, he's gonna play the whole tournament like that. I don't see how they don't get to the final four.
0: Duke seems like it's kind of dumb to not pick them. Um but I picked against them. <laughs> uh, only some of the reason is too is I'm in like a seventy person uh pool. So at some point you have to find where you're gonna fade. Yeah. popular team so I chose the fade Duke I have Michigan State coming out of this not that I feel great about it if Michigan State was healthy I would I think they'd have a chance but their second leading scorer Nick Ward uh, just came back from injury and he's coming off the bench their third leading scorer Langford got hurt mid-season and is out and the guy who had been filling in for Langford Aaron's, it just was announced that he's hurt so this Michigan State team is kind of a mess i know they're still coached well and they have the big 10 player of the year and cassius winston so i'm gonna just bet on Izzo magic and hope that duke <laughs> loses and take michigan state
1: yeah so i have michigan state playing duke and i have duke winning that one um a couple of interesting ones um i pick minnesota to upset louisville and then
0: in the uh patino legacy game yeah you have a. Uh, Rick Petino's former school against his son's current school.
1: Right. And then uh I have Maryland losing.
0: Oh, to Belmont? Yeah. I also have Belmont beating Maryland. Uh is it bad that some of the upsets I'm targeting were just Big Ten teams? Yeah. As much as I thought the Big Ten was pretty good top to bottom, I do have
1: uh Yeah it's like once you look of- at once you look at this field of of sixty four and then a couple of playing games, but the idea is there's a lot of Big Ten teams in this, which I was Big really excited to see and kind of shocked, I guess, I didn't pay that close attention.
0: I believe the Big Ten, uh, yeah, had the most teams get in. Uh, yeah, going by Ken Palm, the Badgers had, like, the third hardest schedule in the country just because how many Big Ten teams are ranked, like, in the top 50. That's why I
1: kind of blew shenanigans when Pete was like, maybe we're, we're over being a little bit hard on, on the Badgers. I'm like, ah, and now I'm looking at this, I'm like, ah, he's got something to say there, so I'll... I'll give that credit to Pete. You did bring that up.
0: Yeah, and um, maybe it's just kind of a cheap move on my part to pick against Wisconsin because then it's kind of like win-win. Like if the Badgers win, I'll be happy, but if they lose, then it's like, well, at least my bracket was right.
1: Yeah, like I don't get confused. Like I'm cheering for them top to bottom. It's just I don't know. Like I said, I think out of all the teams in the in, in the bracket, just that's a tough one to try to match up against right away.
0: So what do you have as your uh championship game? Duke Virginia. ACC rematch. Played a couple times this year, and who wins it all? Duke. Coach K. It's it's tough when Duke has four of like the top prospects for the and NBA.
1: Three oh. for sure. Especially since Zion seems to be a man on a mission.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's really I, and,
1: I, and I, I give him a lot of credit for that. For as much uh, the hot take I... was like, "Oh, just get your millions. It's good. It's good to see and the, and the side of it that even like I think we try to express is, you go to that and you'll never get to experience that again. Nick, like you're going it's there. True, yeah, a lot of these guys are going there for the first time on their own. Like, like these are these are the guys. Everybody goes back and talks to their co- like you hear all these talking heads now that they retire. They'll talk about the college days where they go back and talk to those guys, like the Fab Five, still hang out and talk. Right, yeah, and very, fairly. So, I mean, these are the these are their bonding moments. This is the team they'll remember, and this is the last time they'll ever get to experience something like this. Of course, he's going to come back and play. That's why I couldn't believe anybody would think that he would just go take. I mean, it's hard to walk away, but he, even if he didn't play this season or if he got hurt or whatever else, he's he tore his ACL. He's still probably the number one pick overall. Yeah, that's true. So go play. And- and I've win your heard, championship. I've heard some former
0: athletes say, uh, the advice they always give young guys is, you know, you only get to do college once, whether it's, whether you're a four-year athlete or you are just a one and done guy. So really make it count. And that's why you can't be mad at someone like Hornerbrook for transferring because it's like, he has one more year to play football. Mm-hmm. He's got to make it count. He doesn't want to go into a situation where he gets benched by week three
1: and that's how he remembers college. So yeah, that's a good point. Cause I, I, we talk about this too. I, I still get Give him credit. I, I did not think you'd go to a big powerhouse yeah, he's, program like he's FSU is a good for point. it. So. I mean, I'll be following, pulling for him.
0: Well, like I said, I pick Gonzaga or Villanova every year. So I have Gonzaga in the championship game right. against Virginia, and I'm picking Virginia. It's the redemption year. DeAndre Hunter's back. They got embarrassed last year in the first round. They redeemed themselves and win a national championship.
1: I would like nothing more than to see that championship game and all the talk of Zion Williamson being this all-world all, all world, and see him get to his 20 points just to get outshot because that's what he's going to see in the pros.
0: Have him get shut down by some good old-fashioned Bennett defense.
1: Bennett, Bennett defense and guys who can pull up from like six feet out from beyond the arc yeah. just like, here, come guard me here. Yeah,
0: better defend the three against Virginia.
1: Couple quick up wrap-up things just to tie this whole episode up with a bow. Bucks, free Christian Wood. Not in the oh, way we hoped for.
0: How are you taking this news? Oh, Andy? not
1: good. Not good at all. This this has been a rough week for me for a bunch of things. And we'll get to the other things in a minute. But they uh they they free Christian Wood signed Tim Fraser. Uh I don't know. They're trying to help with the backcourt. I just didn't I don't know why you'd make this move, to be honest. But I did know I mean Deep down, if you look back on it, he wasn't happy at all, and he, and he, he definitely expressed it.
0: Yeah, uh, I've heard nothing as to the reason why, so we can only speculate, but I would think he was probably unhappy about playing time because he dominates the G League.
1: I think he got brought back up, in mean, I thought like 17 times this season.
0: Oh, was it that I would be frustrated too. He he's good enough he shouldn't be in the G League, but then he gets to the Bucs and there's a log jam and he doesn't play. So I can see because he could definitely be in a rotation on a lesser team, but Bucks
1: are just too deep. Take that for what it's worth. Uh Bucks take care of the Lakers at home, one win one fifteen to one oh one. Giannis was out, Iloso was out, Brogdon, Brown, DiVincenzo, because all out that game. Um lucky for us, LeBron didn't play either, so it was a battle of us versus was it called the Pope? Had a good game. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, our boy Melvin Gordon went to that game and unfortunately didn't get to see any of the the studs play. So uh, good for <laughs> them, but good to see a good win. It was good for the guys to step up. Mm-hmm. I know Brooke had a good game and so did uh, Chris Middleton. So good by them. And then tonight the the Bucks lose to the Cavs. Yeah. One oh seven seven to one hundred two. Nobody played. Uh, I haven't watched that game. I haven't read too much about it, but. <laughs>
0: Yeah, kind of disappointing. It was a back-to-back, and they're on the road, uh, but a little disappointing that uh, they still couldn't take care of business in Cleveland. But the bright side, uh, the Raptors did win in overtime at Oklahoma City. So it's they're up by two. Two games. So uh, what the Bucks do have going for them, though, is only three road games left. So hopefully they can take care of business at
1: home. They have— We really, really need to get some— guys healthy so we talked about all year like we're we have a healthy team going through feeling good yeah brogdon stuff hurt a little bit and now that that ankle so hopefully just some good rest for Giannis and get him ready to yeah
0: go. and because we are down another man now miritich out two to four weeks broken thumb so the bench is really going to be tested uh from here on out
1: this might be some good minutes to get them ready for like the, the playoffs, see what we really got.
0: Yeah, because you're going to get a...
1: Like DJ Wilson, like to see him get some minutes in.
0: Yeah, I I could see Snell becoming the regular starter now, but he's not going to get all the minutes. Obviously, they're going to split up uh, Brogdon and Miritich's minutes amongst, yeah, Wilson, Connaughton, Snell, Those Ely Silva. Those guys are all going to have to carry a little more of the load.
1: Yep, next man up. Last um, quick brewers hit. There's some rumors going around that they've been talking to Kimbrel. Pure speculation, but it's kind of interesting to see. That'd be good. I mean, let's just play this fantasy out. We do get Kimbrel. <laughs> that is an insane bullpen.
0: The bullpen would be r- insane.
1: It would you, be crazy. You, with, with get a hater, you free up Canabel, and if Jeffers can can write whatever's going on with him, get that velocity back up. Like, and that, and like the metrics and mad scientist that is Craig Council to see what he could do with those four arms five arms
0: (laughs) well they always talk about you know having a seventh eighth ninth inning guy you really have six seven eighth ninth right Like just if you can get the starters can get us five innings like who who do you want
1: to face I don't want to face any of those guys yeah seriously
0: uh Kimbrell he's 30 now the thing is though supposedly his agent had said he was looking for he's telling teams he wanted a six-year hundred million dollar (laughs) deal as a closer yeah the the reason though the brewers have been rumored is there's speculation that the brewers are trying to give him a one-year deal overpay for one year which I take that sign me up yeah but they're already at 125 million dollar payroll which is as high as they've ever had Mm -hmm. but
1: hey if they're gonna go for it they're gonna go for it Mm -hmm. and last but not least I think we'll talk a little bit about this next time but I have to I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about these two guys. Clay Matthews, number one, signed a two-year $16.75 million deal to go to the Rams and goes home, because to go to SoCal. I yeah. think that's a good move by him.
0: Yeah, I'm happy for him there. I don't know if I saw the details. Do you know how much of that's incentive-based?
1: I do not know the details of that. So I, I would, to I would think
0: a fair amount, given his uh, injury history. But I'm,
1: I'm sure the, I'm sure most of the guaranteed stuff's up in that one year, so it's probably a one-year-whatever. Yeah. And then the last one that hits the most home for me, uh, Randall Cobb signs a one-year deal, uh, prove a deal. F- one-year, $5 million for the Cowboys. He's my adopter packer. I've had him since he was a rookie.
0: Yeah, it's a long time, especially in football. Football years, it's a long time. This I, is a 2011 season.
1: I think the next episode, I think it would be cool if we could each talk about Come on, a favorite moment for each one of those guys. Yeah, definitely. But a lasting one for me, I just want to part that it, it. it's funny how I, I was a big fan of him, and now my son knows all about, like, the whole pack of super fans we have. Mm-hmm. He wants to be part of it, so it's cool, and he always asks, like, who my guy is, so ever since he's been old enough to kind of really get it and understand it, he's been also a big Randall Cobb fan, mm-hmm. to the point where we went to, we go to, what is it, training camp and things like that, and we go there, and there was a couple times that we went, and we sit and wave at players as they leave, mm-hmm. and the kids get a big dress. They stand on the big flower planter boxes that are outside, yeah. like Lambo, and Randall Cobb stopped, and it was the more so because he got like Trenton got one of those like little like stuffed Randall Cobb's, like okay, the yeah. like, like the animated, like they're maybe a foot tall ish. He still has it, he has it sitting in his room, and he's waving it. So this was probably a couple years ago. So he was like uh, six or seven, and Cobb stopped, like he was in a Tesla, a white Tesla, like went past us a little bit, backed up a little bit, rolled down the windows, all tinted, blacked out. He rolled down the window, and he's like, "You got good taste, kid." Wave to him or whatever else and then drove away so
0: uh good guy randall cobb we'll miss him
1: so it was one of those sad moments i remember like the last game where he was crying on, on aaron and yeah. it was like i felt for it then but there's always a hope that i mean frank gave me a little bit of hope when we talked to him he's like ah, oh, you may be surprised i'm like oh, maybe they will give him a, a, a yeah. one-year deal just to kind of come back but
0: this one bums me out, too, because it's the Cowboys. And we play the Cowboys this year, so we're going to have to play against Cobb in a Cowboys jersey. But it's a good situation for him; They just lost Cole Beasley. He can step in and be their slot receiver. I want to wish him luck if only he was in the AFC.
1: So the last thing I'll touch on with like the Randall Cobb thing is, um, I felt the same way, but it's interesting to hear this coming from Aaron Rodgers. He had a Shawshank Redemption. Quote, the one where he says, I have to remind myself that some birds aren't meant to be caged. And when they fly away, the part of you that knows it was a sin to keep them locked up does rejoice. But still, the place you live in is much more drab and empty now that they're gone. I guess I just miss my friend.
0: That really
1: bummed me out. (laughs) So... I feel somewhat the same, and Bakhtiari posted something similar. Uh, what
0: what a sad quote! Great movie, but that's kind of bummed me out. Now it it
1: does. It's <laughs> a, it's one of those things. Like I, I know I know Brian's got a a vision for this team, and I know we're in a transition period and things like that. But it's hard. We've now hit we've now hit that cliff where we're players that we watched triumph with for us for that Super Bowl, yeah, are now. Disappearing, So I know Randall was, what, a year after that Super Bowl? Yeah. Clay was obviously a big part of it.
0: Yeah. Now They're it, all, it feels like it's officially a new era.
1: So yeah. it's got to be hard, I'm sure, for Aaron. Like, this is now a complete transition.
0: Yeah, he's going to be the old man on the team.
1: So so we'll definitely talk about more. Hopefully we can share some positive things.
0: Yeah. Well, f- and uh, we'll get you a new Packer. We'll start... I guess you'll wanna wait till after the draft. But
1: we I do, but I, I have a couple of dark horses, so maybe we can we can talk you can talk yeah. me up, maybe you can try to convince me. I'll give you a couple of my yeah, my early early picks and then uh, we'll pick one probably shortly after the draft, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll give you a, try to steer out or give you a little sales pitch. There you go. I'll cheer you up.
1: Alright. Well, we did it, Mike. We did it. Pete, thanks for joining us. Hope in all seriousness. So Pete was a little bit, a little bit under the weather. He was dealing with some, uh, some physical ailments. He had uh, some back pain and things are going on, so he wasn't able to join us. So we miss him. He'll be joining us back next time. So if you miss Pete, he's coming back soon. Don't worry. I we'll yeah. hope you feel better. Yeah. So with that, we'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. And Pete says goodbye. Good night, sayonara. Hey, howdy, goodbye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Questionable to Return Sports Podcast. Send us your questions, read more about us, and more on our website, questionabletoreturn.com. Follow us on Twitter at Q2Return and Instagram at Questionable to Return. You can also like us on Facebook facebook.com slash questionable to return follow each of the guys on twitter for andy at andy the number nine man mike at mike r daly and pete at p cozy with a k junior jr please consider leaving us a five-star review as well as sharing us with someone you know